Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I want to thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbrusard.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. Do you ever find yourself uh, putting your foot in your mouth? Right, not, not practically, but metaphorically. Sometimes we say things that we wish we haven't said. Kind of wonder, did that come out of our mouth? Sometimes we don't say, sometimes we don't know what we say or the effect it has until someone else kind of mirrors it back to us. That's why it's so important that we actually think about what we're going to say and we think about what we're going to do. Jesus was trying to teach Peter this lesson. Peter, not everything you think you should say. Not everything you think about, you should do. And in Peter's case, how important it is, because if Peter's going to be the leader of the church, he needs to think about what he's going to say. He needs to think about what he's going to do, because he's the leader. And what God is trying to show Peter is that, Peter, you are leading my church, not your church. It's a big distinction. Peter, you're the leader, but it's the leader of my church, Jesus' church, not Peter's church. Peter's a servant. I want to show you something this morning that maybe you've picked up on before, but maybe you haven't. Last week, if you were with us, uh, the gospel was basically Jesus asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? You remember that? Yes, remember that. We were here. We were listening. We studied it all week. Remember that? When Jesus looks at his disciples, they say, who do people say that I am? And and his disciples said, um, some say Elijah, some say the prophet, some say uh, John the Baptist. Then he looks at them and says, who do you say that I am? And Peter chimes in and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says these words, it was not flesh and blood that has revealed this to you, Peter, but my heavenly father. And so I give you the name Peter, which means rock. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So Peter was inspired. What is inspired means to breathe into. We we perspire, we expire, right? To be inspired means to breathe into. Peter was breathed into, in a sense, by the Holy Spirit, to have knowledge that Jesus was the Christ. Peter heard from the Holy Spirit 
This is the Christ, the Son of God. And Peter spoke it. And Jesus says, that was not flesh and blood that told that to you. It was God that told that to you. Good job, Peter. I'm going to make you the foundation of the church. Now, today's gospel happens right after that. So think about it. Same time frame, same Peter, same Jesus. You're going to be the rock in whom I will build my church, Peter. Great. Now, Jesus goes on to teach his disciples, well, this is what's going to happen. I am going to go into Jerusalem. They're going to persecute me. They're going to arrest me. They're going to kill me. I'm going to have to die, but I will rise from the dead. They have no idea what he's talking about. But three days I will rise from the dead. The same Peter, who's listening to all these voices in his head, chimes up. Maybe he's growing in a little confidence in believing what he's hearing. He says, Lord, that will never happen to you. I will never let it happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter, the rock, and says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but human beings do. Well, let's pause. Peter is listening to his heart, listening to his head. He hears, that's the Christ. And he says it. He was right. But then Peter, who loves Jesus, hears Jesus say, I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to suffer. And Peter, out of his own love, out of his own, uh, just his own plan, he had the plan in his own mind of what was going to happen or how this was going to lay out. This wasn't in his plan. Says, no, Lord, I will never let that happen to you. And then Jesus calls him Satan. Peter, you're not thinking as God does, but human beings do. Here's the important part. Peter had to learn that he can be influenced by both God and Satan. That Peter can hear plans that are not of God. Maybe it's Peter's plans. Maybe it's the enemy's plans. Peter has to learn how to discern and decipher what is of God and what is not of God. Because when Jesus says, you are an obstacle to me, it's interesting. The word obstacle is like a scandal, a scandalon. It's a stumbling stone. When he's listening to God, he's the foundation of the church. When he's not listening to God, when he's being selfish, he is a stumbling block to God's plan. You and I want to be a foundation in which God can build his church, in which God can do his will. We don't want to be a stumbling block. We don't want to be getting in the way. So it's important for you and I to learn from Peter that you and I need to discern the voice of God in our life. We know that for big decisions. Maybe we're going to make a, a, a career change or maybe we're thinking about having another child and maybe we're thinking about having a child or maybe we just can't have a child. We're struggling in that area and we're thinking about adoption or maybe we're thinking about a move to another city or maybe right, those are big decisions. We probably don't take those decisions lightly. And please, God, we bring God into the equation. We're asking God what he would want for us. 
But what about the small decisions? What about the day-to-day decisions? Discernment is so important. This was from our second reading today. This is how it ended. It's from Romans chapter 12. Do not conform yourselves to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. We are discerning all the time. You were discerning this morning. You probably didn't even realize it. There were thoughts, feelings, and desires that came through your heart and mind when you woke up. You woke up. You thought, I'm tired. It's actually a feeling. You felt that feeling and you thought, I could go back to bed. A desire? I really kind of want to go back to bed. But a thought, if I go back to bed, I might not make it in time for mass. A desire, I want to go to church. A thought, you don't have to go to church. Another thought, but I might go to hell if I don't go to church. Another thought, that's my mom's voice. I'm trying to get rid of that voice. But there was a desire. You know what, Lord, I really do love you, and I'm really grateful for you. So I should get out of bed, right? An array of those thoughts and feelings and desires happen all the time. But you chose to listen to the voice that said, come to church. You will be better for it. I would argue that's probably God's voice. There was probably a voice trying to discourage you not to come to the Lord. But you discerned, you sift through it, and you chose to follow the Lord. You don't realize that, but that was actually good discernment. How do we discern in our day-to-day life? How do we discern, right? I want to give you a couple of principles that might help you uh, discern. This may make sense to some of you. If not, um, stay with me, right? Um, I typed this up, so you may be able to see this, may not, right? These are some principles, right? Some things that we have to accept for us to discern the will of God. One, God is utterly near all of the time. God is not distant and far off, but God is always with us. God is always trying to help us. God wants to help you make a good decision. God wants to help you in your day-to-day life all the time. He wants to help you sacrifice. He wants to help you love. He is always near to you. You don't have to work hard for him to get close to you. He's always close to you. God loves you. He is utterly near to you. Secondly, God is actively pursuing each and every one of us. God is pursuing you no matter what your past is, no matter what you think of yourself. God loves you. God wants to be a part of your life. God wants to help you get to heaven. God is always pursuing you and always trying to speak words of encouragement to you. This is important. God was speaking to Peter. Peter just had to learn how to listen to the right voice. Same thing in our life. So we need to trust that God is with us. He's actively pursuing us, and this is important. Everybody read number three with me. Our personal subjective experience, they're always governed by the objective spiritual authority of Scripture 
and the church's living tradition as spoken through the church, the magisterium. This is what that means. That's really fancy words of saying this. God is not going to speak to you in a different way that God has spoken over the last three or 4,000 years through scripture and through the church. You're not that special. God is consistent. God is going to speak the same way he's always spoken over time. So when we're discerning and when we're trying to make a decision, basically we use the objective experience, the objective truth of scripture and the objective truth of the church's teaching to gauge what we're hearing from God. If we're hearing something that we think is God's voice, but it contradicts scripture and it contradicts the church's teachings, then it might not be God. In fact, it probably not God. So God is gonna speak to us in the same way that he's always spoken. So we use scripture to test out the voices that we hear in our mind. We use the church's teachings to test out what we're hearing. If we hear something crazy, oh, this might be a new revelation. Maybe God is somehow imparting some deep wisdom and knowledge to me that maybe no one's ever heard before. And it completely contradicts what the church has taught and what scripture says, it's definitely not God because God can't contradict himself. So our subjective experience is always governed by the objective experience of scripture and tradition. That's very important for us to use when we're discerning. Number four, our Father's Spirit desires to give us only consoling love. He wants to console us all the time at the cross with Jesus. So Jesus is not always, he's not just worried about our um, happiness, so to speak. He's not going to make us avoid suffering. He will always, most probably, invite us to sacrifice. He wants to meet us at the foot of the cross, but he will console us there. Consolation at the cross is not the same as suffering um, without purpose and without meaning. Your life, Jesus says, if you want to come follow me, pick up your cross daily and follow me. For if you seek to save your life, you will lose it. He said that today in the gospel. He's saying that to Peter. So self-denial and love and sacrifice will always be being with Jesus at the foot of the cross, but God will console us there. So when we're trying to make decisions, we don't make decisions on what's going to make me happiest, what's going to make me most joyful. That's often a wayward way of making decisions based on worldly desires and pleasures. This is important. Jesus doesn't want to take everything away from us. He wants to console us, but he does. He will call us to sacrifice. Four, five, it's in human weakness with Jesus that we experience the strength of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to be making decisions with God, if we're going to be listening to his voice, we have to recognize that um, we're not God and we need him. 
So it's actually in our weakness that God comes to our aid. Peter had to be humbled. You think it was humbling for Jesus to call Peter Satan in front of all of his friends? As he just said, you're the leader of the church? Absolutely. Basically telling Peter, Peter, we're going to be operating with new rules, with new parameters. You have to be listening to the voice of God to lead God's church. And if you and I want to follow God's will, we have to be listening to the voice of God. We have to humble ourselves and stop trying to make God like us, but we want to listen to God so that we can become like God. There are too many people who are trying to pull God down from heaven to be like us. God came down from heaven to make us like him. And if we're not listening to him, if we're not seeking his will, then we're going to be like Peter. Heaven forbid, Lord, you should ever have to suffer. Peter, like you did so good just now. But now you're just listening to yourself. You're listening to your selfishness. Finally, true discipleship, number six, depends upon a desire to seek after and do the will of God. There's no use you and I discerning the will, discerning God's voice, if we're not trying to follow him. The definition of a disciple is one who follows Jesus. We imitate his life. And Jesus sought to do the will of his father all the time. And so, what does that mean? You and I are not discerning the will of God in just in big decisions, we're discerning the will of God all the time. Because the danger is you and I could be following the enemy's voice, or you and I could be following our voice. And so we hear from St. Paul again in Romans. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Think differently. Think like God thinks. Love like God loves. That you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. My dear friends, if you hear anything this morning, hear this. God is close to you and he speaks to you. He wants to help you. He wants to help you make good decisions that keep you free to love and to serve and to sacrifice. There is an enemy out there who can speak to you and does speak to you. He whispers thoughts. He whispers desires in your mind. Just because you have them, just because you hear them, doesn't mean you have to listen to them. The enemy wants to dissuade you from God. He wants to thwart you from God. He wants to pull you into selfishness and isolation and captivity and paralysis and death. The challenge for us is to actually listen, but to discern what is the voice of God and follow his voice. Let's pray for each other as we discern the will of God for our lives so that we can be a foundation for God's will and not a stumbling block. Amen.